0: What a performance by the Utah Utes yesterday as they absolutely dominated the Stanford Cardinals. So what did we learn about this team and just reliving some of the best moments? That's what we're talking about on today's Locked On Utes.
1: You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: Hello everyone and thank you for making Locked On YouTube your first listen. Every single day we are available on all platforms including YouTube. Appreciate all of you who have subscribed to our YouTube channel. Love interacting with you guys in the comments and love interacting with a few of you guys at the game as well. Always fun to see your guys you guys at the game and thank you so much again for supporting this show. This episode is brought to you of Locked On is brought to you by Sling TV. Sling has something for everyone, especially when it comes to college football coverage with a massive lineup of games across the ACC, Big 10, Pac-12 and SEC. I can always catch the games I want on sling. And now you can too. check out sling TV. Now to see the massive lineup of games they have all season long sling, the TV you love for a price. You'll love try it today. So make sure you guys check out, uh, Fun Saturday of games that we're going to be breaking down all week, especially that Utah Oregon one for sure on Sling TV. But of course, in today's episode, we're going to be mainly focusing on this Stanford game. What a performance and a win by these youths as they take care of business once again and send the seniors off right in emphatic fashion. And we're going to be breaking down this game on our show today. And in order to help us do that, it's Dante Guardi as he joins us pretty much for every Monday show this season he has as of late. Dante, appreciate you as always for coming on and uh just starting out with the general thoughts in this one. You know, a little bit of a slow start again, especially um offensively. Felt like the defense too, you know, gave up that first quarter touchdown, gave up a couple games. It just felt like they were kind of like a little bit of overlooking this team probably, even though I'm sure they spent all preparing for them. It was just kind of like, look, it's Stanford. It's hard to really focus in and lock in when I think when you do turn on the tablet and you watch the film and you're like, we're better than these guys pretty much at every phase of the game, which is the same thing. You're just coming off a game in which it was the exact same thing against Arizona. And in a lot of ways is the exact same thing against Washington state too. So it's the third game in a row. So it made sense for the slow start, but what was really cool was to see this team really respond after that slow start. You see the coaches were letting into them a little bit, and then they got on top of it. The defense played outstanding, especially the pass rush getting home. I mean, my word, that was fun to watch. Secondary was pretty good outside of that one coverage bust we saw early on. And I I mean, offensively obviously the run game got going too and the pass game came to life i mean it was just a complete performance by the utes and it was a fun way to close out the home season inside rice eckles stadium
1: yeah i appreciate you for having me on once again and the main thing um for this game for me was 23 pressures nine sacks if you're Completing the sack, almost 50% of the time you're getting back there, that's an awesome rate. That's exactly where you want to be. And some um, guys from all over the place, all different positions getting in there for sacks, Samote Peppa, Jonah Ellis, Mahamud Diabate, even uh, Cole Bishop got in there for one. So everyone chipping in, doing their part. And obviously the slow start was a little concerning, but then you look around the conference. I mean, pretty much every good team had a slow start. USC was losing at the end of the first quarter to Colorado at home. UCLA was down by 14, I think, at the end of the first quarter against Arizona, which they ended up going on to lose. Oregon was losing at halftime; they go on to lose. So all the teams really struggled this week, um, all the elite teams, that is. And it was great to see Utah rally, rally around each other and put together one of the best second halves they have played all season. And it's always a good thing when your running back has more yards
0: than the entire other team. I know <laughs> we're we're actually going to talk about Tavia in a second because I mean my gosh what a performance but i um, just speaking to what you just mentioned there it really is crazy to think um, as we were sitting waiting for Coach Witt to come out for his press conference they uh, had on the screen you know six and zero again at Rice Eccles and yes they lost a home game in 2020. We're no fans there that's what mm-hmm. home atmospheres are about are the must all the fans yeah. all of that that doesn't count this team hasn't lost a home game since 2018 they haven't lost to an inferior opponent in their place in that long and that just doesn't happen in college football in general so it just speaks to coach Wit, coach scally coach ludwig the job all of this coach all the coaches do making sure these guys stay prepared locked in and the players as well even when they have those slow starts to be able to shake it off and respond and go on to get these dominant victories and talking about this dominant victory i mean one of the reasons it was so much is because of what you highlighted. Tavion Thomas out gaining Stanford. What a performance for Tavion. And look, Tavion, look, he loves to play Stanford. I mean, you look at what he did last year against them. 20 carries for 177 yards, averaged eight, nearly nine yards per carry, four touchdowns in that one, too, and broke a long one for 58 yards. So it's like, all right, Tavion's been having a little bit of a struggle this year coming off a week in which he was just kind of getting back in the running game. and We don't even know if we would have seen him if it wasn't for a Jalen and Jaquindan injury. So what's he going to look like? Well, pretty dang good 22 carries 180 yards he averaged eight yards a carry in this one he had the long 36 yarder to punctuate it when we're talking about Tavion in this one he looked more explosive he looked more decisive in his cuts he was breaking tackles which is something he wasn't doing as much too and this just looked like the Tavion Thomas of old and man last year we saw Tavion not really get going until early November look Tavion's getting old going in late November and I don't care because as long as he's going down the stretch this Utah team is going to be tough to beat and it was so much fun to watch him run rupshaw over the Cardinal
1: yeah you look back at the two uh, most recent Utah home losses the one in 2018 coming to Washington who was a top 10 team at the time ended up winning the conference that year and then the one to USC um in a game that the that the camera broke in the middle of and the broadcasters were literally literally commenting commenting the game off of their phones on the ESPN app. So that just goes to show you how much of a fluke season that was, how much of a fluke game that was. Um, But getting back to Tavion, just an awesome performance. Not really any complaints there. The body language looked phenomenal. He was always there for his teammates. Just looked super happy, really grateful to be back out there uh, with his guys. Um, Like we said, more yards than Stanford's entire team. Last year, had that awesome performance with um, averaging almost nine yards per carry four touchdowns in the first half really awesome to see him going at a perfect time and um, at the right time too you know right before this Oregon game which is the biggest game of the season and going into that game I think Tavion being um, back kind of and being back to where he was is extremely encouraging because obviously Jaquinn Jackson is his first year playing running back Jalen Glover true freshman like sure they they have great we don't the know their yeah that too but they're, they're great talents. Like I'll leave it at that. They are very good players, but in a game like this, you want your bell cow, you want your guy, you want the guy who scored 20 plus touchdowns last season and broke um, the school touchdown record. This is the guy you want healthy. This is the guy you want leading the rushing attack and to see him have a performance like this, a dominant performance, uh, aggressive performance against the team that he caught fire against last year is super awesome to see. And it gives me much more confidence heading into this Arizona or in this Oregon game when it comes to running the football.
0: Yeah, I think for Tavion, it is just so great to have him back and being the guy. Because, look, last week, especially after the first half had really played out, and if Jalen and Jaquindan don't get hurt there, I don't think he was ever going to be the guy again based on just how it was trending. I don't think it was something where, hey, he gets right, and then he gets all the carries all of a sudden again. I think they were going to continue to divvy it up had those guys been healthy. But now with the way it worked out like that and to see that version of Tavion come back, I expect to see Tavion get the majority of the carries going forward again this season. And it's nice to see Makai, as we're just talking about Tavion a bunch, how about Makai getting going in the passing game, had the great move in open space to score the touchdown when he broke two tackles. Got he just does, He's such a good route runner, too. He just always gets lost, even on simple things like wheel routes, where he's just able to show off his speed. Just fun to get him out there in space. And it's not the biggest guy out there, but, man, he's one of the toughest, and he runs extremely hard. So it's nice that this Utah team has their running back room, Seeming to be get back on track, even if Jaquindon and Jalen don't come back looking at the Florida game, those guys didn't even factor into the running game. So this is much more what we thought it was. This is actually Tavion's first 100 yard rushing game since the Florida game too. And he ran for a career high in this one. So a great way to send him out in rice Eccles and just for Tavion too, just a guy who's been through so much resilience and had so much go on this season. It was so fun to see him get back. And it was, well, this is a Utah team. That's always seeming having to battle injuries or just always having to find ways or fight to figure out things to win. So I think it was very fitting that, One of their players who's been through the most this season was able to have his best game of not just the season, but his career in terms of a statistical standpoint. So it was very fun to watch for Tavion, and hopefully he's able to do the same thing against the Ducks coming up. We're going to talk about a couple more takeaways from this game in a moment, but first I want to talk to you guys about upside. Inflation has us all thinking about different ways to cut back, whether it's driving less, dining out less, or buying less from the grocery store. We can all agree there's nothing fun about less. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With Upside, I don't have to cut back because I get cash back on every purchase. Guys, Upside does a great job being a super simple and easy app to set up. And with Upside, you don't have to cut back, as I mentioned, because you're earning that cash back. So to get started, download the free Upside app. Use my promo code LOCKED. And get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next claim and offer from wherever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business pay as usual with a credit or debit card and get paid. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars in total every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. Download the free Upside app and use promo code Locked on to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED. Also, want to talk to you guys about UCCCU. Guys, as you know, inflation rates are on the rise and interest rates too. So, But I have good news. UCCU is offering a 15-month savings certificate with an incredibly high APY of 4.00%. Plus, you can jump up to an even higher rate of return anytime during the life of your certificate. Mention that it is a limited time offer, so make sure you guys jump on it. If you guys don't know what a savings certificate is, think of it like a savings account. A savings certificate is similar to a savings account because both are great ways to earn safe return on your money over time. But here's the difference. Savings accounts typically come with unlimited deposit and withdrawals. But a savings certificate, you just make one deposit and then let your money grow and grow and grow and grow with a fixed rate of return that's much higher than a standard savings account. How much higher? let's just say a lot higher. You can earn get a, also get a savings certificate for as little as $500, making this an awesome opportunity for every type of saver, big or small. So make sure you guys visit ucccu.com to learn more or get a savings c- certificate today. This incredible opportunity for people who want to start building their savings, and it's only for a limited time. So once again, it's a 15-month savings certificate with an incredibly high APY of and a variety of terms and options to match your specific needs. UCCU love where you bank. Appreciate you guys as always for making Lockdown Utes your first listen every single day. But for your second listen, make sure you check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast for the games that matter the most, the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts' insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Gotta imagine they'll be talking about the Minnesota Vikings beating the Buffalo Bills today. As a, as a Vikings fan, I had to slip that in there at least once because my heart is still racing from that one. Utes win, Vikings win. For me, it doesn't get any better than that. And uh, you know who? It- doesn't get much better than for for after this Utah performance, as I stumble over my words as I try to attempt a smooth transition in this one, is the defensive line. Man, you were talking about it earlier, Dante, but just such a dominant performance. I mean, yes, Stanford, not good in the trenches, but still something when you're able to get home that much. I mean... And everyone was eating, too. That's what made it so much fun, is you have all these guys getting home, whether it was Samote Peppa, who was doing even doing his damage on the late in this game, too. He had two sacks in this one. Cole Bishop had half a sack. Lander Barton, half a sack. Jonah Ellis is a guy that you've been really into, Brian's been really into for a while. I wanted to see a little bit more from him still, and I felt like this week is when it finally came together and... Look, I'm not look that bandwagon for Jonah. The train has left the station, so I'm basically hitching myself to the very back of it, saying Mm -hmm. like, "Yeah, this guy's legit." But man, it was so much fun to watch him go to work, and that's the best spin move I've, I've seen inside Rice Eccles Stadium since Bradley and I a couple years ago. So man, fun to watch Jonah do his thing, and look, he's the elite pass rusher. I think this Utah team really needed from the defensive end position. If they want to win a Pac-12 championship, and I think they really got it in this guy. And between him, by Mahi, Peppa, the job they can do pushing the pocket from the interior, as well as you get the crafty veteran in Gabe Reed, it's going to be a tough test against Oregon. But I think this Utah defensive line is coming coming off two really good performances, and they're going to be playing with the confidence knowing they can get home. And I like the state this defensive line is in right now, even without Van Fillinger.
1: Yeah, with this defensive end room, the defensive line room kind of together, um without Van heading forward, I was a little I wasn't concerned. I was really I was more excited than concerned actually seeing how uh, Gabriel and Jonah Ellis would step up with Jonah playing the way he had been since the USC game and Gabriel just always kind of being consistent and they complement each other extremely well because Jonah is much more of a not necessarily like a one-trick pony, but he has that one thing that is extremely good and he's kind of building the rest of his game around that whereas he's still relies mainly on his speed because that's just what he's best at. But like you said, we saw him do that spin move. Um, He's just getting a lot more things and he's adding a lot more attributes to his arsenal, which is awesome to see. Whereas Gabe is much more of like a consistent presence. Like he he might not get the sacks like Jonah does, but he's consistently getting pressure back there, consistently making life not very pleasant for opposing quarterbacks. Whereas Jonah is more like the finisher, more the closer. Whereas like if he's getting in someone's area, like he's for sure coming down with a sack just because of how great he is um, in terms of speed and how he's able to contain and chase down those quarterbacks in the backfield, which is what we've been seeing from him over the past few weeks. And then you look at next season. I mean, this is a Utah defensive line that's going to be absolutely fantastic next season. Mm-hmm. Smotei Peppa comes back. Aliki Vimahi comes back. Junior Tufuna comes back. Jonah Ellis comes back. Van Fillinger will hopefully be healthy um, by the yeah. season opener, assuming he is. Um, Gaybreed obviously leaving. That's going to be a little bit a little bit um, tough to overcome, but I think with a transfer or something like that, maybe somebody, somebody yeah. else steps up. I mean, this defensive line Wait is going to be again. awesome. 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 Next year. So seeing them get hot at the right time is just another awesome thing to see. And we saw Oregon's offensive line look vulnerable for the first yeah. time like ever yesterday. I mean, Washington was getting consistent pressure and not making life easy for Bo Nix. They got that sack on that final drive, which ended up being um, probably the biggest play of that final drive that Oregon or no, that's a lie. They had, a, there was a much better one later on, but there was still a huge play for that game, huge play in that drive and like I said, Oregon's offensive line look vulnerable for about the first time this year and seeing Utah mm-hmm. being able to get pass rushing production from the defensive tackles, the linebackers, the defensive ends, even the safeties. It's awesome to yeah. see. And I'm really looking forward to see how they make life troublesome for whoever Oregon puts back there at quarterback next week.
0: Yeah. Cause we know Scali's going to have some good dit- blitzes dialed up like he did with Mamou Diabate coming in for one of those big sacks. And yeah, I'm really excited about this defensive line room, especially for the future. As you highlighted there, Dante and then, Look, my third takeaway, I'm ready to say it. Forget the red shirt year for Nate Johnson. I think he should play in every game for Utah going forward. Also, I don't really care about his red shirt year at the moment because – with as good as I think Nate Johnson's going to be. I'm not sure he's going to be here for 4 years and some people may be surprised by that, but I think he is going to be just absolutely special. We know he can throw it. He's an elite talent and we've seen just how fast he is. We knew we heard he was fast, but I mean that fast. Come on. <laughs> Against back 12 defenses being able to fly like that and yeah, also it was I mean it was fun seeing him get the pass to Logan Kendall, but I'm just so ready for him. To be the guy next season. And he's gonna be the guy. We heard from Cam say this was his final game in Rice Eccles Stadium. And I'm curious to hear from you if you were you were surprised by that. Personally, I was not just because it seemed like he'd been in college for a while. It seemed like that was the next step that he wanted to have a big year this year and that it was going to be his final season. But I'm really excited for Nate. He proved once again he can do it. Originally I was skeptical if I wanted to see him against Oregon. I do want to see him out there. I think when he comes into the game, I think it's kind of like one of those, like, oh hey, what's going on? Nate Nate Johnson's in the game, the really fast guy we watch film on. Oregon's going to have to take time preparing for when he comes in the game because yes, more than likely Utah is going to run the ball, but it's also one of those things where the threat he has running, it almost turns into a goal line situation where you can easily have guys faking like they're going to block as Logan Kendall did and then leaking them out for a throw. And Nate's good enough where he can avoid pressure by time. And then it's not like he's really rifling a throw into contested coverage because most of the guys you're going to have, anytime you have him throwing the ball, it's going to be more of a trick play kind of style or just something where it's an easy guy that's open. So I'm really excited for Nate Johnson's future, but I'm ready to say it's right now too. And I want to see him the rest of the way, especially in that bowl game. Yeah, for Cam, the whole
1: draft process is going to be really interesting for him because I kind of look at him as a gamer, not necessarily a combine guy. Like there are guys that are gamers and there are guys that are combine guys. And sometimes it works out for both. Sometimes it works out for neither. Like you look at last year, the player that stuck out to me as the gamer rather than the combine guy was the safety Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame. He was a gamer. Like, if you watch the film, like, you knew this kid was the best safety coming yeah. out of college. Whereas he ran a 4 6 in the combine and ends up falling down draft boards pretty heavily, still was a high draft pick. But then you look at Cam, and it, and I mean, Tyler Huntley wasn't even invited to the combine coming off, um, yeah. as be, being the Pac 12 all first team quarterback over Justin Herbert. So now you got to imagine is Cam even going to get invited to the combine? Should he be 100? There's no doubt in my mind, he totally should be. But how he would actually perform, like, you got to, you got to expect. The 40 time isn't as high as it would be um, compared to some of these other highly touted quarterbacks. Whereas in in a game in a actual game, Cameron Rising is a much better uh, escape artist, much better on the run than a lot of these other quarterbacks. Whereas Cameron Rising's arm talent, like she's got a great arm, he's fantastic at throwing on the run, and my opinion that's his best trait. But in the combine, you're not really testing those things. You're testing how far you can actually throw a football, and you gotta imagine Cam Rising's not throwing the football as far as a Will Levis, as far as a Bryce Young, as far as a C.J. Stroud. So it'll be interesting to see how the combine really works out for him and how the whole draft part, how he goes about the draft process, because he's much more of a film guy than a combine guy, in my yep. opinion. Like do you look at the way he plays the game, like you look at his just stature, like you wouldn't assume he has the wheels that he does. No, you know? I mean he's just so smart, such a high a football player. I
0: yesterday again too.
1: Yeah, that escape, that the run that he had on the third and thirteen against Stanford was beautiful. I mean, he has a lot of plays in on his film that are super encouraging when it comes to running the football and being able to throw on the run and things like that. But it'll be interesting to see how the combine goes for him and um, all that sort of thing. But I think he can make a football team. Like he can definitely make an NFL team. Tyler Huntley's the backup to Lamar Jackson and and performed pretty well in a lot of their games last year. So we've seen Utah quarterbacks recently go into the league and do some things, and I think Cam will be able to do the same thing. But I'm not sure how. Well, he'll be looked at by NFL scouts who focus a lot more on these just physical talent. Like you look at Will Levis, who's not having the best season for Kentucky, but he's still consistently being mocked as a top three pick just because he's six foot five, runs really fast and has a cannon for an arm, whereas Cam Rising is much more the opposite. He's much, much more game fast, much better at throwing on the run, much better doing it, doing these things that gamers do. Whereas Will Levis is more just like that talent, the physical attribute guy, but I'm ready for Nate, man. He, he's yeah. shown a lot of great things and I'm really excited for his future. Um, you look at the, what the remarks about him were coming into college. It was pretty much the same thing as Cam rising, just a little bit more athletic. And I think that's just perfect. You know, the arm talents there, he was an elite. Cam's,
0: Cam's great. He's a lot more athletic. I'll say that. Too yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how he plays in those early games. I mean, we could, we head into the next season with Florida Baylor. So, I mean, that's definitely yeah. the hardest hardest first two games out of anyone in the nation. So he's definitely gonna be thrown right, right into the yes. fire and it's going to be inter- it's interesting to see how his like improv mm-hmm. improvisational skills are. Cause that's what made Camarizing such a force at Utah. That's what's made him um, such an awesome quarterback. That's what really got him to be that the first team uh, Pac-12 quarterback last year and possibly even this year. It's his, it's his improvisation, what he does on the field, how he commands the game. And I think we're going to be able to find out how good Nate Johnson really is early on and see, how exactly he was able to learn from Cam Rising, who's so good at those in-game situations.
0: It's going to be a lot of fun. And look, Nate's not going to come in next year and instantly be better than Cam Rising. We both yeah. know that. But we're talking about long-term excitement because I think even specifically after next season, once he gets a full year under his belt, I think the sky's the limit for Nate. So I'm really excited to see what he can do. And as I mentioned, I'm excited what he's going to do the rest of the season because I think he's not done making highlight plays with his legs. And look, I think we could see a lot of him against Colorado, which I think is going to make that as we're all full of with our bellies after Thanksgiving, I think it's going to be a nice extra treat we'll get to watch that Saturday. And speaking to Cam, I totally agree with everything you said just a kind of a gamer guy he reminds me so much of a guy he's not going to go on the first two days of the draft he I mean I there's a world where he might even go undrafted because look the arm strength isn't as strong as I think we thought it would be coming into this year and just there's some accuracy and some missed throws there but he does have a little bit of mobility and the one thing specifically I'll say about him too is you just talk about being a gamer. You can just tell his teammates love him. And when the team, and when a team loves their quarterback, they just gives them that extra little push to play a little harder. I think a team's going to be really lucky to have him as a backup. And I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him have some kind of Case Keenum season in the near future in the NFL because I do think he's a really that good kind of player. Yeah, I think there's a lot of things he can do. So it's going to be fun to see what Cam can do at the next level. But thankfully, we get him in a couple more big games the rest of the week. So we're going to come back and talk about some Utah game balls after this one and a little bit on the Oregon game, the fun one coming up Saturday, in a moment. But first, got to talk about our partners at Nissan who have worked with us to create a new segment across the Locked On College Network titled Thrilling Moments, where we highlight the most exciting play from the Utes this past weekend. Guys, this week's thrilling moment for me is Logan Kendall's touchdown. So when you're sitting in the press box at Utah, you're not allowed to cheer. That's a big thing. You can't cheer. None of that. This is a neutral working press box. That has been easy for me all season long. The only time I was really tested... Was, and we were on the field for the Cam Rising uh, two point conversion. So obviously, that one probably would have been a big one. Was Logan Kendall catching that ball and then the Rhino rumbling his way in the end zone, breaking tackles. I was so nervous they were going to take that away from him, too. But I was literally puppet moms going, Yes, yes, yes. I wanted him to get in so bad. That absolutely is my thrilling moment. It's also Nate Johnson's first career touchdown pass as a Ute. I absolutely loved it. That's my pick for the thrilling moment. Dante, what would you go with?
1: I'd say Tavion's run at the end, um, just kind of capping it all off. Dominant performance against the same team that he pretty much shattered last season. So I thought that was really, really cool to see. And just the first game that he came back and uh, really was the workhorse. I mean, like we said, 22 carries, 180 yards. Uh, set a season high in yards, yards per carry, touchdowns. I mean, pretty much every stat uh, possible, he set a season high for, which is super awesome to see. And like I said, perfect timing, too, right before the biggest game of the season, right before Utah really takes that next step and possibly goes to the Pac-12 championship, possibly another you know, Rose Bowl. We'll see what the future holds. But to get behind to get that workhorse running back, back to where he should be, is just fantastic to see. But like they, like you said, that Logan Kendall touchdown, in my opinion, long overdue. With the amount of yeah. touchdowns this guy's created – in um, the run blocking game. I mean, it was just awesome to see him get that touchdown senior night. Just all the emotions doesn't get any better than that. How can you not be romantic about college football?
0: 100%. 100%. It's Sunday. We're recording this on a Sunday and Dante giving us a sermon right there. i love <laughs> that. Giving Logan his credit and Tavion. Yeah, that was an unbelievable play. Um, also the, just the reactions of seeing when Logan finally got his touchdown or after both of Tavion's touchdowns to see his teammates come around him and see how much that meant to him. It's why this Utah team and this family is so special. And it's so much fun to watch and be a part of just getting a chance to cover this team. And it's going to be a lot of fun this week as we know. So thank you guys for listening to this segment about the thrilling moments from Nissan. This segment has been inspired by their thrilling moments, new designs across their impressive Nissan's impressive lineup of vehicles pursue what thrills you in the new Frontier Armada or Pathfinder today available now at Nissan USA Dot com. So coming back in time to give out some game balls. Look, the first one we've been talking about almost the entire show. Tavion Thomas absolutely needs to get one in this one. He was awesome. I think when you're also talking about the offensive line, I'm going to give a shout out to Keaton bills. He did a good job blocking all night, but how about the awareness to pick up that ball and run for the five yards to get the Utes, the first down too? That was just a heads up play by a guy who's gotten a lot of experience for Keaton bills. And um, overall the offensive line did a really good job. Jonah, when uh, Johnny Maya was in there too, and there were even other rotations in the offensive line at the center spot. That guy, Needed to step up, and they were able to do that. So, a lot of credit to this Utah offensive line. I'll give one to them. And you know what? For the defensive side of the ball, Dante, I'll turn it over to you. Who are you giving a game ball to?
1: Samote Pepe. I mean, that's Pepe. simple. I think he's the easy, easy choice. Um, Coach Witt, after the game, said that he's just been—he's always been a good football player, but it was all about getting him in shape, and they finally got him in shape, and he is doing. Numbers and some. I mean, he is just a physical specimen. Like he clogs two positions when he's on the field because he's just a gigantic dude. Um, I was always a fan of him as in like the run game because usually with players like that with that type of build, they tend to struggle. And um, when it comes to pass rushing, and they're much more productive in the run game. But Samote Pepe is showing that he can be a true all-around defensive tackle and possibly just shoot up draft boards come next season because you, you look at the stats: five pressures, two sacks, three tackles for loss, just an all-around absolute. Awesome performance from Simote Peppa, who has come on and has kind of had a similar season to Jonah Ellis, whereas it was just coming on late and being a force in both run stopping and and pass rushing, um, kind of being that glue of Utah's defensive line. It's just super awesome to see the entire defensive line deserves the game. Paul, yeah, personally, Jonah, but Simote sure. Peppa was um, at the forefront of that, in my opinion. And it was an uh, awesome performance from him. And I'm looking
0: forward to see how he performs again later in the season. Yeah. And Diabate, I'd throw one to him too. He had a really good game. And look, I know the secondary gave up some, some some balls early, but man, we didn't hear their names called almost at all in the second half. So a lot of credit to those guys too. And I'll give one to Cam as well, just to obviously what he's meant to this Utah team has been huge Um, going out there on senior night and ball it out and props to Dalton. He was not healthy and he was still out there toughing it out and, Hopefully he didn't get too banged up because I personally didn't really want to see him until the Oregon game. So hopefully Dalton's all right and going to be good to go for that one, but definitely game balls all around for that one. And coach wit too. And the staff, as I mentioned, get definitely deserve one for once again, wrapping up another undefeated season at home, which is always something that's fun to see with this Utah team. So all the credit to them is they get the win 42 to seven against the Cardinals. So Dante, Last thing I want to hit on here is get your thoughts on this Oregon matchup. It's going to be a fun one, and you were just talking about Samote Peppa. Like, I cannot wait. I really hope we get a fourth-and-one situation where the Ducks are trying to go for it late in the game on, like, the 10. And I want to see Junior Tafuna by Mahi and Peppa right over that Oregon interior offensive line. That is going to be an awesome battle, and I'm excited to see who wins it in those situations And because, as you mentioned, it's a vulnerable offensive line. But looking ahead to, ne- to that game Saturday, you'll join us after it's over on our Monday show, as you always do. But how do you see it playing out, and what's your prediction for it? Oh, predictions
1: a little bit early, but oh, I mean, yeah. I'm definitely a lot more confident now than I was about 36 hours ago. Yeah. And a lot of that is just because of Tavion, man. I mean, that just having that consistent force in your offense is so, so helpful because we, like I said, I mean, Shaquinnon and Jalen are great, you know, but at the end of the day, it's still their first year playing that position within the program. Whereas Tavion is a little bit more, he has that big game feel. I mean, he's, he scored a touchdown in the Pac-12 championship game. He scored a touchdown against Oregon last year, scored a touchdown in the Rose Bowl. So, I mean, this guy is no stranger to the, to the bright light and I think having him for this game is huge and a lot more helpful for Utah's rushing attack. And the other thing is just the depth of the defensive line and yeah. the depth of the defensive tackle position, really, I mean, it's going to be huge for this game because when you can rotate three guys with Junior Tafuna, Aliki Vumahi, and Samote Peppa, and not really have a drop-off in production, if anything, there's no drop-off in production. I mean, they're all pretty pretty solid. And going up against the offensive line like Oregon's, which had been playing like by far the best offensive line in the country uh, up to yesterday, basically, um, you're going to have to keep guys fresh. You're going to have to be rotating in and out, in and out to keep – Um, to not let Oregon just fully take advantage of you you when it comes to uh, running the football. And I think that's going to be a big thing. Utah being able to shuffle three guys in and out with no drop-off is just huge for this game. Uh, Guys are going to be fresh. There won't be much of a much, much fatigue heading into the second half, which is really, really big. And Bo Nix is obviously not healthy. I mean, he got banged up late, didn't look too good. Uh, He wasn't in on the fourth down stop. That was like the turning point of the game, really. They put in Ty Thompson, who Ty Thompson's another solid quarterback. I'm not going to sit on here and just act like Oregon has no chance with him because he is a dynamic runner. He's got great legs, and he was like a borderline five-star recruit, so the kid can play for sure. So I wouldn't really rush to say, oh, Utah's for sure going to win this game um, if Bo Nix is out, but obviously you want your guy. You want Bo Nix there. He's been playing like the best quarterback in the conference, arguably the nation, Um, but I think Utah's be able to run the ball really well here, and Oregon's secondary. I've been low on them all year. I haven't really um, voiced much. Uh, approval for them. I thought they were one of the worst units in the conference heading into the year, and my they haven't really changed my opinion. No, they've had some bad performances. They've also had some decent performances, but overall, the only really sound player they have on the back end is Christian Gonzalez. I think Utah's gonna be able to spread the ball around very easily. I think they will be able to run the ball. Um, I think they'll be able to run the ball too, to an extent. I think it's be pretty even. Like Oregon's been just dominating teams in terms of running the football, whereas I think this is the first time they're playing a team other than UCLA who can kind of match that. And I think Utah does match that regardless of who wins. I think it comes down to the final 10 minutes um, w- within seven points to either side. But as for right now, I'm definitely leaning, leaning towards Utah. Like two weeks ago, I said this was the most worried I'd, I'd been about a Utah football game in years. And now, I mean, I'm like total 180 just after yesterday, seeing how uh, these two teams played out and the progression of the two rosters as the season's gone on. Because, I mean, Utah's depth on defense has just – exploded over the past few weeks. Sione Vake, Smody Peppa, guys from all over the place just emerging and giving Utah a solid presence on all parts of the field, which is just awesome to see. So I think Utah's got a more complete roster. I'm going to say that we head into Autzen, defeat the Ducks, make the Pac-12 championship game.
0: I love it. Great way to start the week in terms of predictions for us. So thank you, Dante, as always for joining us. Great having you on. And also wanted to th- thank you guys for making Locked On Utes your first listen every day for your next listen, go check out that locked on sports today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions to the big game recaps and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Once again, thanks to Dante for joining us. Make sure you head over to Ute zone to check out all the great work he does. And make sure you keep it here with us on locked on Utes. Look, This is a monumental game this week for Utah, taking on the Oregon Ducks. We're going to have a ton of fun stuff, breaking it down all week on Locked on Utes. And we thank you guys for making us your first listen every day and have a great Monday.